Today on Church and State, would the church of today accept Jesus? Hello, Christian patriots, and welcome to Church and State, where we strive to plug you into the pew and plug you into politics. And I am your host, once again, Caleb Collier, your favorite far-right shock jock and the most schizophrenic show you listen to on a daily basis. You know, really something, as, as I was just listening to the intro, I'm pretty cool. You guys think, yeah, I, I am. I'm, how many of you got your own theme song? I do. Man, I'm going to get in trouble. My mom always yells at me when I do things like this. I, 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 I got to just tell the audience. Like, I think I've said this once before, but if there is ever a time on the broadcast where you're like, man, that guy's cocky. I don't know if I really like him. It's all in jest. It's literally a joke. Like, it, it, And my friends know this about me. Like, This is my whacked out sense of humor. Uh, I think many of you listen to it, listen to the show just because of that. Like, you know, I'm going to uh, go off on something that might make you laugh or at least smirk. I would hope at least smirk. Anyway, churchandstate.media, that's our website. Uh, don't really want to belabor it too much, but maybe I will. I don't know. Um, look, it's our shows. You can download them. You can share them. There's a lot of people out there that need to hear this type of information. Because, once again, you never know what you're going to get with church and state. You never know if I'm going to feel like talking about a, a lot of religious issues, if I'm going to talk politics, or if I'm just going to play baby shark for hours on end. By the way, did you guys see that um, they just caught the torture? The, they were going to torture, uh, I believe it was a Muslim. And, and one of the ways that they were going to torture him was playing baby shark. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Yeah, I just read this story. I'll have to find it. Maybe we'll talk about it on the next episode. <laughs> but, yeah, that song is torture. So, hey, if you want to listen to those types of shows, download them. Share them. There's a lot of people that are listening to this show, and there should be more, in my opinion, anyway. Also, we are in that fundraising. Uh, we are, we're collecting a little bit of money. Not enough yet. We need, to, we need to get some monthly donors for us to be able to stay on ACN. And we can do a lot of different things with that. If you have a business uh, that you'd like to, uh, you know, get on the radio to where we start talking about you, or we can even kind of deal with the American Christian Network to where your commercial airs multiple times a day, get a hold of me, Church and State 1776 at Proton.me. We can arrange for that to happen. Uh, and that way you're, you're supporting a, a fine ministry such as Church and State. And you're also, uh, you know, getting your, your company out there advertised for you. So you can also take advantage of all of our fine affiliates. Hey, I just ran into the guy that does the photo brick uh, the other day. I love this family. They're a great family. Uh, I go to church with them. And uh, they support us. And this photo brick, they are now in Northtown Mall. That's right. So if any of you, I'm talking to the guys right now. If any of you feel like torturing yourself by going to the mall, look for the photo brick people. Okay. This is a fantastic idea for Christmas. Your wife is going to be blown away by this. She's going to be like, really? You, you actually put the time and effort to take our wedding photo or one of your favorite family photos and turn it into a Lego project? 
that all of you, your kids, you, your, your wife can all participate in, you're going to score brownie points right there. Okay. It's, it's so good. So go on over there, say you heard from church and state and, and purchase one of these things. It's fantastic. Uh, you can also donate directly to us, hit the donate button. Uh, you can do it through Bitcoin with a Satoshi, or you can just give us some cash. We will appreciate it. And last but not least, Church and State 1776 at proton.me. We love hearing from you. We love reading your emails. Hey, um, being that uh, Gabe didn't even bother to show up for the, the recordings uh, for this week, it's just going to be me. Sorry, ladies and gentlemen. I know you tune in just to look at him. You think I should change the name of the show to the Caleb Collier show? Do I have enough that enough of that clout? Could I do something like that? You know, like you got the Ben Shapiro show, the Sean Hannity show. Oh, I don't want to be those guys. Just, just Caleb. Oh yeah, I'd have to get Gabe to make the sign. It'd be perfect. No, I will never be that guy. I will never name the show after myself. All right. We've often wondered about the condition of the world. And there's so much projection that is going out there and, and even including things from our own government like Project Bluebeam. Some people have questioned, is there truth in what Hollywood is, has uh, produced in some cases? And some have even gone so far as to say that we do, in fact, live in a matrix. Well, there have been signs that maybe this idea isn't so science fiction. Maybe this is something that we're currently living in. And I got an example right here for all of you. There's an optical illusion or, or a glitch in the matrix. They're not entirely sure. But there was a plane that was photographed. Uh, an individual in another plane happened to film this. And this plane was just sitting there. Just sitting there, not moving at all. Just stuck in a glitch. And how is this even possible? It's got people really wondering... Could this be Operation Bluebeam? Are they are they using it to, to see how people would react? That'd be more of the way that I'd be thinking, because this Bluebeam does, in fact, exist. But some are saying, is this a glitch in the matrix? Or do we have the capabilities that Keanu Reeves had? That'd be cool. I'd like to be able to just be like, I know Kung Fu. <laughs> right? It does lead to a lot of questions, and more and more people are starting to question can we believe everything that we're seeing with our eyes and and for one i for one anyway i applaud this because i applaud people who ask questions i applaud people who say this is not making sense because those are the ones that are capable of free thought those are the ones that are capable of saying you know what no i don't believe the narrative on this story i'm going to question it myself and so when i come across stories like this Oh, there we go. Chris is playing the video right now. The plane has just stopped. You just see it. It's just stopped in midair. For, for the radio audience, you got to look at this. That plane is not moving. It's just stationary in the sky. That isn't possible. And so keep questioning things. Keep exploring things. Keep uh, searching for the truth because the truth is out there, and the truth will also set you free. I just quoted the Bible and X-Files in the same sentence. That's impressive. <laughs> All right. Moving on from there, <laughs> the CDC. Here's another story that just made me laugh. Uh, just when you think the CDC can't come out with any more ridiculous headlines, what did I find for you? CDC says some people might need a longer needle for their next vaccine. <laughs> okay. Number one, I didn't get your lousy vaccine anyway. 
And now you want to get a bigger needle in me? <laughs> no. Okay. Nobody in their right mind likes getting a shot. Okay. Nobody likes poking a needle into their arm. There's a few tattoo extremists that absolutely love it, get addicted to it. But those are the extreme minorities. Okay. Most people do not like getting poked with a needle. And now the CDC is saying, you might need a longer one. <laughs> we want to really get in there, make sure you got that vaccine. Why did they come out with this? Well, uh, I, I actually like what they say here, and I'm actually going to read um, this because I think they might be engaging in something that is a quite a quite a big no-no. This is not something that we do anymore as a society. It's not culturally acceptable. Okay, so what are they saying? Why are they saying that they need a, a larger needle? Let me find the exact sentence. Here it is. A recent discussion on social media have shed light on the fact that some people with bigger bodies should be given certain intramuscular vaccines like the COVID-19 vaccine with longer needles. They just engaged in fat shaming. That's right. You've seen the videos. There's all these uh, unhealthy, obese people that they don't want to be told that anymore. They don't want the FDA or the CDC to claim that they're obese. No, no, no. They've come out with different terms for that. Big bones, stuff like that. Your bones aren't bigger. <laughs> That's just a logical fallacy. Anyway, so now are they going to get all up in an uproar because the CDC is claiming that they're going to need a larger needle in order to get the life-saving vaccine? No, I don't think so. I'm not going to hold my breath waiting for that one. Why? Because... The CDC is a god that they worship. So if the CDC is willing to say this, uh, then you know what? We just got to roll up our sleeves and get that bigger needle into us. Now, there, there is some scientific fact behind this. Of course, we can all recognize that if you're going to have a, a greater proportion of, of fat over your muscle, then yeah, in order to reach said muscle, you're probably going to need something that's larger. But the point of all of this is still, you are at extreme risk every single time that you take one of these vaccines, and in particular, the COVID-19 vaccine. Let me go a little bit further down the rabbit hole for you as well. You see, I understand the globalists. I've read their documents. And what do they want to do? First, they want to lull the population to sleep. First, they want to take care of you and all of your needs so that you don't necessarily have to work. The government will provide everything for you. First, they go that route. And what does that route do when it encourages people not to work? They can just sit at their homes and do nothing and still could pick up a government paycheck and eat all the food that they want and most of the food that they're buying. Well, let's just face it. It's not the most healthy, is it? So first, they get you on that. And then they got to call the herd. And calling the herd involves killing those individuals who don't produce, that are not productive in society. So go down the rabbit trail a little bit further. Read the story behind the story, a story that at first made me laugh, and then I realized, no, this is exactly part of their plans get you asleep, get you fat and happy, get you to where you can be controlled, and then call the herd. And then take out the individuals who, either it be the vaccine or the virus, are more than likely going to be the individuals that are going to struggle because their bodies are unhealthy. These are the easiest people to kill off. 
So perhaps it's a uh, call to all of you. Get healthy. Start walking. Start eating right. Start working out a little bit. Probably talking to myself more than anybody else on that one. But seriously, don't be a victim of the state. Don't be a victim of the globalist agenda. Take care of yourself. The Bible tells us that our body is a temple. Well, I've seen some of your temples. And they're atrocious. So, put it in order. Get it right. And certainly don't take another vaccine from these guys. All right, I also got one from China. And I love this. I love this story so much. Because China is warning Israel has gone beyond self-defense in this current war. Like the Chinese are the moral high ground on this. Listen to this quote directly from the Chinese Communist Party. Now, for those of you who have short memories, just remember that communism, above all system of governments, they're the ones that care for the people the most. Remember, communism are the ones that want to make everybody equal so we can all thrive. And it works. It works in every single country that it's been implemented in. I think I fell and hit my head. No, we all know what communism brings. Communism brings the destruction of the very people that engaged in actually ensuring that that system of government took hold in their country. And the Chinese in particular, well, they know this because they live under it every single day. If you talk to most uh, people in China, especially those that are perhaps a little bit older, they remember the purge. They remember the great leap forward. And they have horrific tales to tell of individuals who were taken by the government, of struggling so hard just to survive that they were eating the bark off of trees, of families who would get together and trade their babies so that they could eat because they couldn't bring themselves to kill their own child to eat. So they'd give it to somebody else and take their baby. That's what China brings us. So listen to this statement. Protecting the basic needs of the people in Gaza is a priority, and China opposes and condemns all acts that harm civilians. What? How dare you get on your soapbox and preach something like that? We know you. We see you. You care nothing for harming civilians. So suddenly now we're supposed to believe that you, you are concerned about the plight of Muslims? What about your own Muslims? Yeah, the ones that reside in your country. The we are Muslims. Yeah, we've seen how you treat those individuals. We've seen the destruction of their mosques. Hey, take these people, put them in re-education camps, and kill them outright. So suddenly now we're supposed to believe this? I don't think so. I don't think I'm going to allow you to have the moral high ground in pushing back against Israel 
defending its country. You don't get that. There are other people out there, other groups, other organizations, perhaps even some nations that have a way better moral high ground to question Israel and its motives and to care about the Palestinians. But you don't get that. Not with everything that you've engaged in. No, it's time for you to sit down and shut up. Because we see you, and we know your history, and we know your future. And you don't care about human rights violations at all. Now that I'm good and angry, remember... Don't make me angry. You wouldn't like me when I'm angry. That's my latest button. I like it. Chris gave it to me, and I'm really excited about it. Now let's move into a little bit more of a religious topic, because... uh, I was talking to an individual, a good friend of mine. We were talking about uh, the current state or condition of the church and who they would be in the time of Jesus. You see, most Christians want to believe that we would be one of the disciples. And we all identify with one or another. You ask most people if they have a favorite disciple. Yeah. Talking about the favorite dinosaurs. You know, within Christian circles, we talk about this kind of stuff. Who's your favorite disciple? And we all have one. And typically you're going to hear people say, oh, I, you know, I really identify with Peter. Some people really love John. In my case, it's Simon the Zealot. Not because I, we know very much about Simon the Zealot, but because we know about the Zealot movement. And that attracts me. Hey, kicking out a tyrannical government out of your country? Yeah, get me excited. But would we actually be a disciple? Or would we be a Pharisee? Would we be a Roman? And especially when you look at a lot of the church leadership these days, if Jesus presented himself on this earth in the second coming, would we even identify him? Or would we take actions in direct opposition to God's plans, God's Messiah? Would we as Christians or as the church Would we disagree with some of the things that Jesus would say? We say, no, 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 wait, wait, wait. Jesus is love. This guy's flipping tables. This guy's offending the individuals that we believe to be the best theologians on this planet. That can't be Jesus. That can't be the God we serve. No, that's impossible. Or perhaps we would act more like this. Let me get the scripture. Matthew 20, 20 through 28. This, of course, is when the mother of James and John comes to Jesus with her sons. And she wanted to ask Jesus something. And she responds, Jesus says, what do you want? She says, say that my two sons may sit, one at your right side and one at your left side when you are king. Is that how we would approach the God who gave his body for our sins? Is that what we would do? Especially Christian uh, religious leaders throughout the nations, certainly in America. Would we approach Jesus wanting a position of power from him? Understanding that no, we'll never be 
number one, but maybe I could be number two. Maybe I can get on the good side of Jesus and I can sit at his right hand or his left hand and then I'll be something. Then I'll be powerful. Then men will look to me and say, man, I wish I was in his position. Is that how we would act as Christians? Is that how our church leaders would act? I think if we examine a lot of them, people like T.D. Jakes, Joel Olstein, Rick Warren, I think they might act like that. I think that they might see this and say, here's an opportunity. I may not even believe in everything that he's saying or teaching or preaching, but he's got power, and I want just a little piece of it. I think there's a lot of people like that these days, and shame on them. Or perhaps we might act like this. Now I'm going to go over to Acts 8, 9, 20, uh, 9 through 25 and discuss a little bit about Simon the sorcerer. You remember this story, right? This is the individual who had a lot of power, had a lot of notoriety. People worshipped him, said that he was the great power of God because he, he performed signs and wonders, and everyone proclaimed his greatness. But when Philip came to that region and proclaimed the good news, people started coming in droves to the true power. And it says even the Simon, Simon the sorcerer heard this good news and believed and was baptized himself. And he followed Philip everywhere, astonished by the great signs and miracles he saw. Well, when Jerusalem, when they heard what was going on in Samaria, they sent Peter and John. When they arrived, they started baptizing people in the Holy Spirit. See, this hadn't occurred yet. And when Simon the sorcerer saw that you could get the Holy Spirit by the laying on of hands, what did he do? Did he ask for this as well? He certainly did. But he offered money for it. He said, let me pay you so that I too can receive this gift. And then I can lay my hands on people and give people the Holy Spirit. And Peter answered him. What was his response? May your money perish with you because you thought you could buy the gift of God with money. How many Christians would act this exact same way when presented with these gifts? You see, a gift is not something you can buy. It's not something you can be taught. It's a gift. You simply open your hands and accept it. That's what the gifts of the Holy Spirit are. And even now in modern times, fans of this show know that there's kind of a dichotomy here. What is that? Wow, we're getting crazy in here. Anyway, people of this show know there's a dichotomy here. I am not a fan of Bethel. My co-host... I don't know if he is a fan of Bethel, but he's definitely doesn't go after them and has friends within the church. And yet Bethel has a school where with a certain amount of money, you can be taught how to prophesy. 
That sounds eerily similar to Simon the Sorcerer to me. We can't approach these as something that we offer money for. We can't approach God with this expectation that he's going to give us something, that he's this genie that we just rub the magic lamp and poof, God, give me my wishes. He doesn't care about your wishes. It's his wish. Not even appropriate to say wish. It's his plans. He's the author. And if you ever do anything in this world that flies in the face of what God wants, woe to you. Christians, it's, it's time that we stop acting as Pharisees, pumping these individuals up who have platforms, who have churches, but their words, their actions, quite literally coming from Satan himself. It's time to stop accepting these Pharisees, people who are pastors and priests, who separate themselves from the common man. See, that's something that the Pharisees did. In fact, their name even means the separated ones. They spent all of their time in religious discussions and study, keeping themselves far away from the common man because they're unclean, they're dirty. No. What did Jesus do? Jesus showed the true way, the true course of action we're supposed to be taking. And that's interacting with the common man. That's interacting with the individuals who have great sin in their lives. The prostitutes, the tax collectors, the people that the Pharisees never would have been seen with. It's time for us to start questioning the motives behind some of these people who proclaim the gospel but are really in it for their own means, for what they can get out of it. Look, pastors are some of the greatest people I know. And I tell you, I love a pastor. Who, And you'll have to understand where my heart is on this. I love a pastor who doesn't act like a pastor. Okay, I love a pastor who is real. An individual who can sit down with me and have just a normal conversation. Someone who doesn't get all pious. I've known people that have been just friends, and suddenly have gone into the ministry, and all of a sudden you can't even be friends with them anymore. You can't have a normal conversation. You can't joke. You can't watch movies together. No, 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 now. Well, didn't you know that I'm a man of the cloth? And I can't be real anymore with you. I can't talk to you about my struggles because I don't have any anymore. Jesus has healed all of those. No. Now I'm up here and you're down here. I don't accept individuals like that. Because you're all human. And you all got your struggles. Just like I've got mine. Every single one of us does. There's not a single thing that we can do other than drawing closer to Jesus, getting into his word and praying that's going to make us better human beings. It's certainly not this pious Pharisee attitude. Church and State is sponsored in part by Patriot Church and the Constitution Party. I'm Caleb Collier. I was born for a storm. 
Welcome to the fire.